This is the Team Pepper Podcast, featuring your hosts, Jesse Warren and Henry Hargitay. Welcome back in another edition of the Team Paper Podcast. I'm Henry Hargitay. Uh, softball fans, don't forget, you can go to teampaper.com, support your favorite athletes. Uh, the, the woman who's kind enough to join me right now is a Team Paper athlete. You can go support her uh, if you're an Ohio State fan or if you're just a fan of women's athletics. Uh, help us grow this game one subscription at a time. Nevertheless, Lexi Hanley, how's everything on your end? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, things are good. Columbus, Ohio is the place to be right now. And yeah, like you said, let's grow this game. Let's grow this game. Listen, I, my mom saw the second interview we did together. And you always get your best feedback from mom. And she was like, how long have you guys known each other? I was like, not that long. But like, she, she's that smooth. Like, it's always, Lexi's always easy to talk to, always fun to have on. And uh, it, I, I'm, I'm happy to see you doing well. I'm happy to see the team doing well. And it's just, it's always good catching up with you and, and hearing a little bit about what's going on in your life. Awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. We love moms. We love softball moms too. Softball moms are the best moms. Yeah. Softball moms, softball podcast moms, whatever. whatever <laughs> it is. Um, but hey, I, I always say this is a podcast of, of storytelling, right? And, uh, you know, there's obviously plenty to break down with you. We could talk about ERAs, we could talk about strikeouts, all that good stuff. Um, and there's plenty to unpack there with you. Uh, but more than anything, this is a storytelling podcast. And so I'm going to open up with a little story here, something that happened to me the other day uh, that I thought was pretty, pretty fascinating. And so it was about time, uh, that time of the month to get a haircut for me. And so I walk into the barber shop, a guy I've never met before. And, uh, you know, in New York, it's always like a culture type thing. And, you know, living up in Connecticut now, it's like, you know, a little nerve wracking. I got to find a new barber. I don't know this guy. He doesn't know my, my style and everything. And so I'm a little nervous walking in there and I walk in and it's just, it's just me, the barber and, and that's it. And I walk in and, you know, we're small talking. He's, he says like, you know, how you doing? Like, what do you do? I tell him a little bit about what I do. And I, I start talking to him. I'm like, so, you know, how's everything with you? Like, I know, you know, with COVID and everything, this is kind of one of the industries that was hit a little bit hard. Like, how's business? How are you? You healthy? And uh, he goes, you know, business a little slow. Uh, me, on the other hand, not so good. I'm like, well, what is it? Like, you know, are you, did you get COVID or something? Like, what's going on? And he he looks at me and he goes, I died yesterday. And I said, you died yesterday, meaning? And he goes, I, I was dead. I was clinically dead yesterday for about two minutes. And so I'm like, okay, please elaborate on what's going on here because I'm I'm a little thrown off. And he says, uh, you know, it happens to me all the time. It was my third heart attack in the last year. And it happens all the time. And I'm, I'm, you know, not in the medical field, obviously. So I'm hearing this. I'm like three heart attacks in one year. Like, that's a little, like, how are you even, I, I, so I straight up ask him, I'm like, how are you even alive, man? Like, how, how are you sitting here or standing here cutting my hair today? How are you alive? And he goes, well, every time I die, says it so casually, I have a conversation with God. And so I'm like, okay, now I need you to really elaborate here because this is, this is a new layer. This is no longer a medical thing that we're discussing here. Mm -hmm. And so he says, the first time I died, I saw the light. I'm, I'm like, you saw the light. What did it look like? He goes, it's, it's not a white, like white light. Like everyone says it's a blue light. I'm like, okay, interesting detail. And so he says, I see this light. And I know exactly what's happening. 
and I start talking to God. He says, God asked me a question. He said, are you ready to come home? And he said, no, I'm not. God said, why? He said, I'm not ready to leave my son yet. And so, boom, just like that, he snaps out of it. The light is gone. And all of a sudden, he feels the worst pain of his life, the worst physical pain. It's just this excruciating pain going throughout his entire body. And so I said, well, what do you think that was? Like, was that then the heart attack? He goes, yeah, that was the heart attack. That was the real physical pain that I felt. So I'm sitting here, my head's kind of spinning. And I, I, so I just said, well, well, why? Like, why did this happen? And why does this keep happening? And like, why did you feel this pain all of a sudden? Like, what does this mean? And he says, to me, all that it really means is that nothing in this world that we own is really ours, right? He says, these scissors that I'm cutting your hair with, this shop that I own, he goes, none of this is really ours. And then he starts pointing to his body. He says, this body, it's not mine either. I just rent it. What matters is what's inside. He says, the real thing, the real feelings, that's kind of what matters most. And he learned that in that moment. He said, you know, nothing in this world is truly ours besides moments in time. And he said what kept him on this earth was that him, you know, he said, God, I want more time with my son. I'm not ready to go. And to me, that was so powerful because it's true. This body, these clothes, none of it is really ours. It's sort of just these moments in time that, you know, we get to say, Henry and Lexi did this podcast. This was their moment. This was, no one can take this from us. This was our moment in time, us two together talking about softball, talking about life, talking about this crazy story. And the reason I bring this up with you is because I know you're very religious as well. And I know you're a believer and, you know, candidly, I'm not someone who ever really had religion in my life to the extent that you probably, you probably did. Um, But this was just such a powerful moment for me. And I thought you were a cool person to to share it with. Finally, I've been waiting to get that on my chest. No. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's crazy. And, you know, I think like religious or not, like we all have, and I don't even, I don't like the term religious. I like, I think that puts so many things into a box of like, this is right. And this is wrong. And like, I'm not a believer that like, you're either this or you're this, like, I think there's so much gray. And I think that's where I've kind of come to like find myself. And like, I don't know, like, that's just like, that gives me goosebumps because it is so true. Like no matter what you believe or don't believe, like there is an end at some point. And so like, why do we stress over the little things? Why do we stress over strikeouts and ERA and a paper due tonight that I don't even know what it's on because I didn't do the reading? Like why, you know, like it's not worth losing that time that we have to like make our focus on these little tangible things. So he just like gave me goosebumps at nine o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you know, like I said, like, I'm not, I, I think your take on the word religious is interesting. Um, and I, I like to think like, I believe in something like I do. I definitely believe there's something up there, but um, you know, I'm not the type to need evidence, but if there ever was evidence that there is a higher power, you know, it was the guy cutting my hair the other day. And I, I, I just, you know, it left me speechless. You, you get goosebumps now. Imagine me hearing this sitting there. This guy's got a, you know, scissors to my head telling me this stuff and uh, just crazy, crazy stuff. But you mentioned the ERA and uh, the strikeouts and, you know, we like to think those things don't matter as much, but in this very moment, they kind of do matter because uh, you are coming off your second, correct me if I'm wrong, your second big 10 pitcher of the, or player of the week award 
in the last four weeks. Uh, Ohio State's for real, huh? Yeah, for, for real. And I think, um, you know, I think people are starting to realize that. And that's a great thing, but it's also a scary thing because now you have to kind of play uh, your cards a little bit differently. You have to be a little bit careful of the chess pieces that you move. But, you know, that's what I came here to do. And we're doing it. So what do you mean by that, the chess pieces? I think, like... You can sneak up on teams, right? Like Kentucky, honestly, they thought this was going to be a rollover game. They started most of their second string. And, you know, I had played them before and I knew, I knew that some of the girls they had in the lineup, I'm like, you're not, you're not the one. So, you know, they, they thought that was going to be a rollover game. And we went out and showed that we can compete too. And so I think, you know, instances like that, and, you know, that was on SEC Network. So that's national television. Um, so, you know, that gets out a little bit. Our name starts to get out. You know, my cards, obviously, you know, there's only so many pitches that you can throw. There's only so many different movements you have. But, um, you know, I think you just have to figure out how to one-up someone again. So mm -hmm. I'm here for it. I love it. I love, love, love the mental side of this. And yeah. Honestly, I've always said, you know, Auburn prepared me for this because we played this game and I hated it in the moment, but I'm so thankful for it now coach would literally call like okay rise ball inside like out loud while I'm pitching to like an inner squad or like you know curveball inside to someone who rocked curveballs all day long so it was like they knew exactly what was coming and that freaked me out but at the end of the day like you still have to hit the ball yeah so that's what I'm like hey let's go let's game on I'm ready for you yeah see and I see that attitude in you when I watch you pitch <laughs> like I'm gonna tell you a little analogy that I always loved um, so I'm, I'm a big tennis guy, right? And part of the reason I'm a big tennis guy is because I'm also a big fan of like MMA and boxing. And I, I see a lot of similarities in between MMA and boxing and, and tennis. To me, to me, tennis is just boxing from 90 feet away, right? Uh, it's just, it's just boxing, but you can't touch each other. You're throwing different shots. You know, you're hitting drop shots, you're hitting, you know, spikes, you're you're coming up to the net with volleys. Just like in boxing, you're throwing uppercuts, all different types of uh, jabs and, and different styles to throw your opponent off. I think it's all very similar mentally. Um, I, when I watch you pitch, I feel like you kind of have that attitude uh, when you're going up against someone. It's kind of like one-on-one, -on -one, me versus you. Like, let's duke it out and let's see who wins. Is Do you kind of feel that way each approach? Like, it's almost like, I don't want to say a boxing match, but that type of mindset for you. I do in a way. And I think it's taken me a long time to get to that like comfort level mm -hmm. of, um, of finally realizing that I'm the alpha and you have to beat me in order to beat us. And I don't mean that from like a selfish, like, you know, bitchy standpoint. I don't know if I can say that word, sorry, but like, it's finally like clicking like that ownership of like, this is my circle. That's my plate. And you're batting 300. Okay. So the other seven times out of 10, you're going back where you belong. And so, you know, like I, I trust my defense. Our defense is incredible. We have freshmen up the middle who are killing it. Our outfielders. I mean, you have Maggie in center field. I'm sure you've seen Maggie's highlight clips. Like it's absolutely unreal. Um, bump is killing it. Like everything is just clicking. And so I know that even if I fail, not fail, but even if I like don't get a strikeout. Like I have eight other people on the field who are going to get it done. And if not, then like I was telling Coach Jordan the other day, I'm like, I've never felt more confident than with people on second and third and one out. Like if I have one out, I know I'm going to get a second out. 
and then it's easy. So I don't know. I think I've just been able to really like take the whole game and break it down into such smaller segments. And that honestly is like props to our offense. Who's been great. Our defense. I mean, I trust them and you know, it's finally not all about like the pressure. It's about like, let's make this a show. Let's put on something fun. Let's put on like those ooh and ah moments and those big moments where you get the chest bumps and you get the fist pumps and you know, everyone's jumping up and down. Like, let's make that happen. Yeah. I love that. And so I don't know if you noticed, but I hired a, uh, a beat reporter for team paper who covers Ohio state softball. And I was, I spoke with her. I said, listen, you know, this Ohio state softball stuff is for real. And she goes, yeah, it's for real. Um, And I'm like, it kind of feels like when Lexi's pitching, they can beat anyone. Right. And she goes, yeah, 100%. Like when Lexi's pitching, you know, it's that it's, it's almost, I remember when I was, I always bring this up with you. I'm a Mets fan and opening days uh, today. So we'll, um, you know, we'll throw a little baseball reference out there, but uh, early on when Matt Harvey was on the Mets, uh, we start, we had a, a saying it was called whenever it was his turn to pitch, it was called Harvey day. And you just kind of knew that the crowd was going to be bigger. Uh, it was going to be more electric. You, you know, the other team knew what was coming and the Mets always thought they could win when they had Harvey on the mound. Uh, you know, a lot of things went downhill for him and the Mets obviously, but there was a point in time where Harvey day was this big thing in New York. I feel like there's something going on in Columbus where it's Hanley day and whenever you're on the hill, you guys can literally beat anyone. Does your team feel the same way? I think we feel like that because there's honestly so much camaraderie and we have so much fun together. So like, I'm kind of crazy and you don't like see that here, but like everything that happens on the mound, like the jumping up and down, like my eye rolls when I don't get a call that I know I should have gotten like that's my authentic self. And so I think like that translates to the confidence that we have in each other. Um, and you know, it's also so fun because the other pitchers are rooting for me and I'm rooting for the other pitchers. So like, it's so, so much like an even playing field. So like, yeah, you know, you might say we have a shot every time I'm pitching, but like, that's because we're all being so authentic with each other and there's no like divide. There's no, there's no, you know, Oh shoot. She's in a bad mood today. Or, Oh, you know, she's stressed. She has a paper, da da da, whatever. Like, it's just like the authentic Lexi that gets to be out there with these people who like back me up hundred percent and love the hundred percent craziness that they get from me all the time. So I think that's, what's working. And that's, what's so fun about this, this season of my life right now. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And uh, softball fans, don't forget, you can go support Ohio state softball through team paper, uh, head to teampaper.com, subscribe to Ohio state softball, get to know the team at a different level. But you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you're a little crazy out there, but like, you know, to an average observer hearing that they might like kind of scoff at it and think it's a little weird, but like, I'm a sports guy. So I, I love that. And I hot take. I think the best athletes ever were all a little bit crazy and it takes that level of, I don't want to say psycho, but you know, psychoness or whatever to, to be able to do the things uh, that it takes to be an elite athlete. Like Michael Jordan had a screw loose. Probably. I think Kobe Bryant probably also had a screw loose. I think some of the best pitchers ever have, you know, maybe been people that you hang around them and they're like, yeah, there's something up with that guy, but it's a good thing. Do you think you're a little crazy? Oh, hundred percent. How so? Like, okay. So I'll give you an example. 
and I probably, well, I don't think the coaches can subscribe. And if they can, great, because it's <laughs> in your money. But um, I drink a Coke Zero either before or during the game, every game. And they don't know that. Like, it's just like little things like, like, that's who I am. And that's what calms me down. But I feel like the softball diamond has become kind of like my escape from, from adulting and from grad school and from job searching and all of that. And so every stressor that I get gets taken out on that, that space. And also I think it's like the confidence aspect too, of this is my sixth time doing this. I mean, fifth time, cause I sat out a season, but like, why not have fun with it? You know, like football players can celebrate. They, you know, spike the ball when they get a touchdown, they do all this crazy stuff, you know, obviously dunks and basketball and all that stuff. So I don't know. I just love being able to show who I am through the sport that I play. Yeah. So, okay. I'm glad you brought that up uh, because I was talking with uh, Mackenzie Parker on Texas okay. uh, the other day. Great conversation with her, fellow team paper athlete. And she, I asked her straight up, I was like, why is it that in baseball, you know, if you were to do, if a pitcher were to do the things that you do, like the way you celebrate after a strikeout and the way you get the team hyped, if that were to happen in baseball, someone's getting a pitch in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Why in softball is, is this like celebrated, but in baseball it's punished? That's interesting. I feel like baseball has this stigma around it since it's like, like America's old game or past game or whatever, where it has to be very, very, um, very traditional. Like nothing can change about it. And I think like way back when it was very, straight to the point like it was just the game there was nothing high or low it was just it just was and I think softball especially this generation of athletes who are very much into the energy that they bring and you know especially in softball too we don't get the fans that baseball gets so that energy has to kind of be brought up by ourselves yeah so I think that might be a big difference too, honestly, is like, we don't get those big stadiums. We don't get the nicest stuff. So we've got to make do with what we have. And that's our energy, our voices, our, you know, caffeine highs, whatever it is. So I think that might be a big difference, honestly. Yeah. I just always wonder that. Cause like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both sports. It's not, you know, when I say that it's not me degrading baseball, I love baseball. I'm a baseball guy. Um, but, you know, I just think it's a very interesting contrast between the two. Like, why, why is it accepted in one sport and the other? You know, you get a fastball to the teeth. I just think, you know, either everyone can do it or no one can do it. And I think that's just one of the messages I'm trying to get across here. But let's shift gears for a second. Like I mentioned, I had Lonnie Alameda on uh, two days ago. Awesome. Absolute legend. Um, and she uh, I asked her, you, you know, kind of about the NIL landscape. And I remember our very first interview, you told me like coaching is something you, you kind of want to consider one day. Um, I don't know if that's still the case, but whether or not it is, um, it should be for you because you'd be really good at it. But whether or not it is, if you were a coach today, how would you go about handling the NIL landscape? Would it be something that you understand as like, all right, coaches need to embrace this or get left behind? Or would you be like, I don't want any part of it. I, you know, if they want to do it good for them, like how would, what would your mindset be about it? Yeah, I think as, I think I have a really cool perspective because I'm like in the very beginning of the NIL world. 
And then like my coaching career will probably be once like NIL starts to get a little bit more flattened out and the wrinkles are a little bit more, um, you know, less apparent. And so I think me like thinking from the coaching perspective and kind of like looking at me as the athlete, like, I think you, you have to embrace it, but you have to do it in the heart space that like, oh, this is so cool for you. This is what you get to do. Like, oh, you had a great week. So you're going to pick up, you know, these people are going to be in your Instagram DMs and wanting to, you know, collaborate with you. Like there's so much good that can happen with it. And I think once coaches understand that it's not a distraction to me, like if I don't have the time for it, I just don't respond. And this is me as an athlete saying like, sometimes I just don't respond to the people. And, you know, I think coaches have to be their athletes biggest supporters in spaces outside of sport to be able to really have their respect in sport. And so for me, I'm like totally in on this. I think NIL is great. And I think as long as the athletes continue to, you know, fulfill their end of the deal in the classroom and on the field or whatever playing service it is, um, I think NIL has many, many, many more pros than cons. Yeah, I love that. And one of my favorite things for softball has been, you know, we've been lucky enough to have a lot of softball teams join Team Paper. And that way, to me, a model like Team Paper creates less drama. Because it's not like, oh, you know, Mackenzie Bump's looking at Lexi Hanley, who just signed this huge contract. And, you know, she's sitting there working just as hard, but not getting anything. This way, you guys are all in it together. And uh, that's why I work for Team Paper, because I believe in the model. Don't forget, fans, you can support Lexi and the rest of her teammates at teampaper.com. But uh, the other thing that we rarely talk about with Ohio State that I've finally wanted to address, um, I feel like I've shouted out every single coach uh, and at least asked a question about every single coach, um, you know, for every softball team I've talked to, except you guys. And I don't want uh, anyone to think I'm disrespecting Coach Kelly, but she's obviously in charge of this whole thing that you guys have put together here, and she's doing a phenomenal job. Yet she's not a name that many people know about. Can you shout her out for a second and talk about what she's doing so well this year? Because things are clicking in Columbus. Yeah, Coach Kelly, I think I think she knew in the back of her head that this group was special. And I think it just took some time to figure out the roles of everyone for all these pieces to come together. And I think it's starting to happen. It's not there yet, but it's starting to happen. And, um, you know, she is someone who is very emotionally in tune with us and I think that's also what gives us this edge right now is that we don't have to keep secrets from her we don't have to feel like we're just an athlete you know we are more than an athlete to her and that's something that I appreciate greatly um so yeah she's doing a great job and you know her whole staff coach Mac uh coach Jordan coach Cami like we have a staff that cares and that holds us accountable um but also like understands who we are right now isn't who we want to be. And, you know, they all are dedicated to helping us get to be to those women who we want to be. I love that. Yeah. And she's obviously done a phenomenal job thus far, but like you said, like, this isn't it. Like now that you guys know kind of what you can be and when all the pieces are clicking together, um, you know, you guys know what you're capable of. How often do you guys discuss like the postseason? I know, obviously, you got to get through Big Ten play first and conference tournaments. And there's a whole long season ahead of you that uh, we're really still in the beginning of. But I have to imagine with the success that you guys have found so far in the back of your head, you're thinking like, hey, 
we can make a run. Mm-hmm. I think like, yeah, you know, we all check the NCAA rankings and the RPI rankings and all that, but really it's not a topic of conversation that we talk about a lot. Um, you know, we talk more about the midweeks that we have coming up or, you know, this weekend we have Northwestern, like that's a huge weekend for us, probably bigger than the team of North right now, honestly. Um, and so it's not so much, I think the end goal, I think it's the day to day. Like we've had some great practices and I really think that's because we're so focused in on now because it would be so easy to get caught up in, you know, where are regionals going to be? What are we going to do in the big 10, like, or the big 10 tournament, you know, all this stuff, but we've done a really good job and I, I props, uh, you know, the coaches to that, but also like our team has grown, um, maturity wise, like tenfold over the last month and a half. Like it has been. I feel like a proud mom because I'm like seeing these people that I, you know, met in August and who they are now is completely different. And I love that for us. So yeah, we really don't talk about it too much. It's more, you know, the day-to-day and the week-to-week preparation of who we're going to see and who we're going to face. So if you're the mom of the team, who's like the kid who can't stay out of trouble? I have a guess at who I think it is. But I'm curious who you think it is. Okay, I think we should say it like on three together and see if it's the same. Okay, ready? Give me a countdown. Okay, three, two, one. Cammy. <laughs> Cammy is so funny. Oh my gosh. And like, I'm telling you, what you get from her, that's her all the time. It doesn't matter if there's no one watching or 5,000 people watching. Like, it's the same. She's great. I'll tell you a story. So we were at Michigan State this last weekend and it was cold. And so, um, she saw my dad up in the stands with like these big gloves on, like, you know, winter gloves and okay. Backstory. Like everyone loves my dad. Like Dale's like very popular on my team. I don't know why he's loud. He's always yelling like team paper subscriber. He is. I think he might've been the first one. He was number one. Yay. So we love Dale. Um, so she like went up to him after the game and asked him if they were gardening gloves, like in the middle of everyone, like we just won a big game. Like I pitched well, she had, I think she was like two for three that day, like maybe three for four, like great. And she was like, are you a gardener? Like (laughs) full, 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 like confidence that he was a gardener. And I'm like, Cammy, what dude? So yeah, Cammy would definitely be the one who, she'd be the one on the leash in the mall. (laughs) People. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to get her on here at some point because we can't just like talk all this smack about someone and and then not invite them on. So she will be on here at some point. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, you guys have a really fun group. I always love hearing these stories. Uh, I'll let you get out of here now because we've taken up enough of your time. But hey, we could, I, I wish we could make this like a weekly thing, like, you know, Tuesdays with Lexi Hanley or whatever, or something like that, because every time we have you on, it's great stuff. And, uh, you know, people always ask, why am I, you know, why are we tweeting so much about Lexi Hanley and Ohio State? Like, well, this is why. Watch this podcast. They're great. They're fun. Uh, Lexi, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Fans, don't forget you can subscribe to Team Paper and support Lexi and her teammates. Head to teampaper.com. She is great. We love her. She loves us. We love softball. Go support. Help us grow this game. Lexi Hanley, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Go Bucks. Don't forget to go to teampaper.com and subscribe to support your favorite teams.